for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. This is our second session on this go-around on kingdom finances. <clears throat> and you see the words in bold there towards the top, seed, time, and harvest. <clears throat> That's what God instituted way, way, way back when, when he put man into the garden. And there still applies today. God has not changed. How many know that God does not change? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word is true, and what he spoke back then and everything he spoke since then still comes to pass in our lives if we'll accept it and believe it and appropriate it to give him entrance. Your income today, whether it's your salary, your wages, etc., whatever it may be, they do not determine your future. You have an income of some type, but that doesn't determine your future, and it certainly need not limit your future. Because we've read plenty of scriptures before, we'll look at some again this evening, where God's will for our lives is abundance. He has abundance, and that's what he wants you and I to live in and partake of. If we do not live in that right now, to whatever extent, uh, <clears throat> then we need to yield to his word and give the Holy Spirit place in our lives so that he can take us there. Because his faith comes by hearing and hearing by his word. When we hear his word, we believe it, that it is the truth because it is, and then we appropriate that. And in this case, any of his word that we appropriate, that we listen to, that we read, those words are seed. That's what he intended them to be. We take his word and put it in our mouth, and then we speak that forth. It's similar to sowing seed into the ground. And he always calls it seed time and harvest, because that is what is expected, is to harvest something greater than what you and I have planted. <clears throat> God's word, his promises to us, are our seed to sow, which we just got done speaking. We have that word that he provides us with, and it's very productive seed, I might add. And then when we sow that seed in the, in the more general, specific way that you and I would sow the seed of the Word of God is by speaking it. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And that's just one of myriads of scriptures, but his word is the seed that you and I sow into our life. And in the natural, if we have not planted a garden this year, obviously prior to now, it's not going to surprise us when we don't reap harvest. We have no expectation of any carrots coming up in the backyard or anything else if we didn't plant them. But if we do plant something, he's told the ground it's going to produce. Whatever you put in there, it's going to bring forth of the same kind. Well, when you and I take his word and speak that over our life and to our circumstances and all, his expectation is that it'll fully bring forth a harvest of whatever it is you planted. If you were sick this evening or had been sick for a while, you could still sow seeds on finances. You could still sow seeds on healing and love or whatever, or on love, let's say. But more specifically, you would want to be sowing seeds about healing because that's what you want to have. It's going to produce after its kind. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 9.10. Let's begin by looking 
as far as the scriptures go with that one this evening. Second Corinthians 9.10, our notes say, God gives seed to the sower and will multiply your seed sown. <clears throat> the verse reads this way. 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, at least in the King James Version anyhow. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now there's a lot in that verse. He that ministered seed to the soda, to the soda, sure, <clears throat> seven up, whatever it is, but he that ministers seed to the sower, who do you suppose that would be? God's the one's going to minister the seed, you're the one's going to be the sower. But notice that now, and it's in there in more than one place. Uh, <clears throat> if you didn't have any seed to sow right now, if your prayer was to God, you know, I'm sort of catching on to this seed time and harvest thing in the natural, in the spiritual, and having to do with finances. And if I had some seed to sow right now, some finances, I'd be willing to do that. God will give seed to the sower. But when God, if you're in a situation, you pray and ask him that, because he tells us what's for everything we ask for, believe that you receive and you shall have them. <clears throat> Whatever we ask for, when he provides you that seed, I would suggest the first thing you do with that seed is the same thing you do in, in the area of finances where everything else comes into your life. The tithe, the first tenth, is holy and belongs unto him. Keep yourself in agreement with the kingdom of God and the purpose and plan of God and take that first tenth and set it aside. That's holy and belongs to him. Then you can go ahead and sow that seed and you, you will probably already, if you got to the point where you didn't have any finances to sow, you ask God for it, he brings some to you some way, somehow. Nobody else needs to understand it or know it. But you'll know that's where it came from. When you had none, now you have something. <clears throat> Spirit of God will also give you leadings on how or who or where to sow that. You'll have a desire. You know something? Now that I get this, I'm going to do this for so-and-so or whatever. <clears throat> and we will reap what we sow. If you plant cucumbers, you're going to get abundance. You're going to get more cucumbers. If you plant a $1 bill, you're going to get a harvest of $1 bills. If you plant a $100 bill, well, you're going to get a harvest on $100 bills. And God is all about abundance in his kingdom everywhere. No lack, none whatsoever. No lack. <clears throat> and so we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Especially when we first hear about this. That goes back <clears throat> many years ago now for me. When I first started hearing about it, I figured, but I don't know about that. You know, in deep need myself, and... You know, as the saying goes, might not have two nickels rubbed together or whatever. And so you begin to think how you're going to have something to sow. But the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, he's the one that's going to continue to work with us, continue to encourage us. When you see that word and hear that word and read that word, it encourages you more. 
So then, like they say, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. You begin to start with something, and then that can multiply, and then it can multiply, and it can continue to multiply. We don't need to stop. And quite honestly, we shouldn't stop. Allow the Spirit of God to direct us. He wants us to be in abundance. He wants everybody in this facility to be in in abundance. He wants everybody in the kingdom of God to live in abundance. Because then they can demonstrate to the world that's around them about the kingdom of God. We'll read about that in Abraham's life and several different things like that. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 and 10. <laughs> Matthew 6, 8 to 10, our notes tell us the kingdom of God on earth as in heaven. The kingdom of God on earth as in heaven. That's how God wants you and I to take authority and dominion over this planet earth that he's given to us. And when we should see things here on earth as they are in heaven. That's his plan and purpose. Do you hear and believe his word, God's word? And that's a question and challenge to all of us. Sometimes we can hear something, but if we heard it audibly up here with these ears on the side of our head, but if we also heard it in our spirit, man, allow the word of God to speak to our spirit, man, and then when we hear that, are we going to make the church to go ahead and believe his word? And believe would be acting on it. <clears throat> uh, Matthew 6 to 8 in the King James Version. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye. Our father which are in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's God's desire for us. That's just one place that they would mention that and go over that. It's, It's in here plenty of places. But God's desire is for things on this earth to be like they are in heaven. You know that there's no murder. There's no killing in jail cells. There's no great troubles on plenty of different nationalities and stuff. There's peace and harmony and calmness in heaven. Everything is supplied. The temperature is just right. Everything's wonderful. There's no rebellion. There's no such thing as rebellion there. Well, God's plan for you and I is to do our part to have things on this earth be exactly as they are in heaven. And the only way they'll ever be like that, even in our lives, the only way they'll ever be like that is if we receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Heaven ear to hear what the Spirit of God is showing to us, revealing to us. When pastor teaches, when you hear different messages or whatever, that Spirit of God is going to be witnessing to you. He's going to be giving you ideas that go along with that. He's going to show you things, how that applies to your life or whatever. Then that's how we continue to go and build ourselves up in the most holy faith. The Spirit of God is the one that leads and guides us and shows us these things and takes us through them. Okay, let's go 
back to the first book in the Bible here. Genesis, and in this case, we're going to go to chapter 12. <clears throat> we have three different references listed here, and they're a description of God's blessing plan for man. That's you and I. God has a plan for blessing for you and me and for everybody else on the planet. You say, how could he afford that? Not an object. We needn't worry ourselves about how he's going to be able to do that. <clears throat> All right, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, if you were in Abram's shoes on that day, you'd probably be looking around. Is he? I know he called my name, but is he saying all that about me? Abram wouldn't have had any great comprehension of this at this point in time, but that's what God is speaking to him, letting him know what his plan and purpose the will for his life, this is what it was going to be. Now, if God speaks something forth, and he was speaking here, correct? He was speaking to Abram. If God speaks some forth, is there any chance of it not coming to pass? Absolutely not. That's just, that's just not a possibility. What he says comes to pass. That's where he wants you and I to be also. That the things that we say come to pass. And so, therefore, that would help us to put a check on some things and sometimes things we might say glibly. If you don't really want to come to pass, we don't really want to be saying it. You say, well, I don't really have any great problem with that because even the things I do want to come to pass don't come to pass. Well, the first thing is, stop making that confession. That may have been what it was up till today or whatever the situation was, but that can be changed. This is a part of receiving his word and believing it, like the scripture head was telling us, or the note ahead was telling us. We can hear his word. Are we going to believe it enough to act upon it? He's always there to help us. The Spirit of God is not devoid of any of us. He is right there all the time, willing and able to help and to guide us and direct us. <clears throat> okay, so he, in this case, he was telling Abram about his blessing plan for his life, and it was pretty pretty fantastic to say the least <clears throat> he says I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee you don't even have to worry about the enemies they're speaking bad about you he'll take care of that as well <clears throat> and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed but that actually happened did it not don't we have Galatians where it tells us Abraham 
all the things we've received because of that. We'll be getting to that in another verse later on. That's happened. That's what God foresaw way back then in the garden. And he knew what was going to happen. And this did come, up, come to pass through Abram. Okay, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. <clears throat> Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Now, when it says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, you think that rich is any, is that just a word loosely thrown in there? Or what it might have anything to do with what you and I might call rich today? Well, here's part of the words that are used in the definition of that, in that Hebrew word. To accumulate, to grow, to make rich. To accumulate, to grow, to make rich. Now, especially when we first hear that, or even if we've heard it plenty of times, but we're not necessarily involving ourselves too much in it right now, this may sound a little foreign. But this is the Word of God. And that's His plan and purpose for us. He said, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. That word sorrow there has got the connotation. It's not you and I crying in the corner. It's got the connotation of toil and work and worry. He doesn't add any of that. He's, he's, he's planning on prospering us, making us rich. Rich meaning having more than enough. Our needs can all be met, but now we have seed to sow into somebody else's life. <clears throat> the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. That's another description of God's blessing plan for man, for you and I. Okay, now we'll go over to Galatians chapter 3. Into the New Testament, lest we think it's all mentioned in the Old Testament. Whoops. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Well, there's a mouthful of that verse in there. Now, this is New Testament, folks. You say, well, I'm not living in the Old Testament anymore. I know we're not living in the Old Testament, but God began giving us the whole history of mankind and creation in that whole Old Testament and shows us his plan and purpose throughout it. Hence the verses we read in Genesis and Proverbs there or whatever, describing his blessing plan for man. Well, now we're over to the New Testament, the book of Galatians, and it says this again, that the blessing of Abraham, all that God promised to Abram, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now catch that right now. We're talking about the kingdom of God being on earth as it is in heaven. 
We're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the one that takes and leads and guides us into all truth. Well, he's mentioned here in the context of this, right? The blessing of Abraham come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The Spirit of the God is the one that's going to lead you and I into these things. All he needs is he is a willing heart, an ear to hear, somebody to listen and then to obey, and hit, that's what he can work with. So the Spirit of God is the one that's going to train us in these things and aid us in these things. <clears throat> All right, verse 14. It says that we might what? says that we might what? Receive. All right, now I want another word for that word. Take. There you go. You got it. L-A-M-B-A-N-O, lambano, means to take and get a hold of. Just like if you did plant a garden this year, if you never went out there and took and get a hold of that cucumber and plucked it off the vine, brought it in, made a salad or whatever you did with it, well, you're not going to partake of it. You're going to have to take and get a hold of that. We have to take and get a hold of all these words they were hearing about in the context of this subject. It is the word of God. We're reading it right out of the Bible. But we need to see we have to do something with that. Somebody might have told, now it didn't happen that way in, in my situation, but somebody might have told an individual that came to church or some meeting dozens of times about how Jesus shed his blood for the mission of their sins, how they could be born again in fellowship with the Father. And they heard it and heard it and heard it. That, well, that was always true, but at that point they weren't ready to take it. But then... If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, there comes thy speech again. And believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, nobody's going to turn that verse around or corrupt that verse. They may want to. Well, that guy was a scoundrel. She was something else. I mean, they don't ever, they're not ever going to get saved. Well, that's your opinion, what you think about it. But that's not going to change God's word and the blessing plan that he's poured out. <clears throat> Jesus made provision for all of us. So that we might receive, take and get a hold of the promise of the Spirit through faith. The Holy Spirit, very much a part of our blessing plan for our life. <clears throat> God's desire and decree that we are to lend and not borrow. Now that would sound like a strange one today. For many people, it sounded a strange one for me when I first heard it, I can tell you that. You know, the old thing on the top of my head here goes tilt, tilt, you know, something's not, something's not adding up here. But again, now we're going to look at God's word, which is seed, which will produce after its kind. And we're going to say, well, why did I make that statement then? Why is God's desire and his decree that we ought to lend and not borrow? Let's go in the Old Testament to the book of Deuteronomy. <coughs> you see, you're still using these verses out of that Old Testament. What's going on here? Well, 
because this is where it began, if you will, and got decreed. We need to see, he was saying, and way back there, it's not just subjects that some people from today's time think they want to say a lot about money and have it not be the case. No, this has been God's plan from the beginning, the blessing in the garden. He placed Adam in the garden to dress it and to keep it. I mean, stop and think about it a minute. He placed Adam where? What in the world do you normally do with a garden? Plant and Yeah, you plant something and you expect the harvest. Mm-hmm. And even in the natural, you expect to receive out of that ground more than you put into that ground. Now you may not understand why. I mean, especially if a if a, a dad or a mother was used to planting a garden. And they begin to show the kids, come out there with them, till the soil, make a little patch for them to stick a little something in, stick a bean in the ground or something, make sure they water it, pull the weeds up. And then later on they see it coming to pass. Well, that's going to have an effect on their life. That's going to have an effect on their life. <clears throat> and so God placed him in a garden and he told them to dress it and to keep it. <coughs> dress it had the idea of work and toil, you know, pull the weeds, whatever. He had, he, had to be, he had to be the overseer of that. Not only had to plant, he had to oversee the thing. He told him to dress it and to keep it. And to keep it means to guide and protect. And so I suggest this is one of the first hints there was going to be an enemy to man right there. Somebody wanted to come in and steal that cucumber or whatever he wanted to do. But God specifically told Adam, you can look it up, Put them in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And so we need to, we need to be stewards over the things that we sow and intend to reap a harvest on. He's going to be the one that brings the harvest. But we're going to cooperate with him. And so we need to be diligent in those areas also. Okay, I got us way ahead. Deuteronomy 15:6. <clears throat> For the Lord thy God blesseth thee as he promised thee. And thou shalt lend unto many, many nations, but thou shalt not borrow. And thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. Sort of a phenomenal blessing, isn't it? Can you imagine that? I'm going to keep the whistle wet tonight here. <clears throat> Thou shalt lend unto many nations. It didn't say have a spare $2 bill for your neighbor because he's in hurt. You know, $2 is not going to help another nation do much. But this is what he's telling him. This is God overseeing the whole plan. He just means man to listen to him and he'll bring the rest of it to pass. And so they were dealing with nations, other people types. And here these are, they're believers. The nation of Israel, Jehovah, is their God. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it through you. For the Lord thy God blesses thee as he promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow, and thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. <clears throat> reign means to rule to have dominion, to reign. 
That's what God's plan and purpose was for them. And that is what God's plan and purpose is for you and I. <clears throat> and thou shalt not borrow. That part right there is not necessarily a legalistic term and say, you better not try to go borrow any money anyplace or I'm going to have a bad time with you. Well, that's not the Spirit of God saying. His point was, I'm going to bless thee and make thee a blessing and you're going to lend and not borrow. You're going to have any need to borrow. You're going to be the one that's in position to lend not only to people but to nations. So you certainly won't need to be borrowing anything. And that's what God's desire is for you and I. If we've ever borrowed in our life, don't worry about that right now. Take from today on. If you have some type of loan or borrowing situation you should like to be out of, talk to him about it. He has more ways that you and I can't even think of right now that because your heart is in agreement with his kingdom and want to be obedient to his word and see his miracle, how he's ever going to bring this to pass, he can do it. Not a problem for him. Wants to do it. Wants to do it, but he has to have entrance. <coughs> All right, let's, uh, let's look at the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. <coughs> Excuse me, Deuteronomy 28, beginning with verse 10. We'll see something interesting here as well. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. Now that does not sound like rack, like rack, yeah. Does not sound like lack, does it? Plenteous in goods. <clears throat> Let's read that word plenteous here. To exceed, to excel, to abound. You're exceeding, excelling, and abounding in goods, what he's saying right here. <clears throat> Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. That is God's promise. That, <clears throat> that description, especially then verse 12, may be found in the Old Testament, but that doesn't exclude you and I from it. Now, when we have equal verses, or very comparable verses in the New Testament, well, we can take those as well. But this, this is part of seeing this was always God's plan and purpose to not only have a people, but to have them be, to everybody around them, they would be reigning over everybody else. They wouldn't be the ones subjugated. They would be blessed. They would have more than enough. They, they won't have a need to borrow. They'll, in fact, lend to other people. <clears throat> that is God's plan. 
Thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow, shalt not have a need to borrow. <clears throat> All right, now jump back in the New Testament to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Our notes tell us to be transformed, changed by renewing your mind, having a clear view of God's purpose and plan for your life in the area of finances. His destiny and his will for you is abundance. That is his plan, that is his purpose. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And, and's a conjunction. It's like a trailer hitch. It's hooking one thing to another. That first verse wasn't in isolation. This is something totally different. They're going to go together. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your mind is a very important part of you extremely important part of us. <clears throat> we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And our soul could be defined our mind, our will, and our intellect. But our mind is a very important part of us. You see people saying, our mind's been playing tricks on me, whatever. Or my mind's giving me a hard time. There's plenty of people that have a hard time, if you will, with their mind. Well, that could come from many things. That could come from a very disruptive child life. That could come from damage by drugs and alcohol and all kinds of things. But that mind can be transformed. Be transformed. Renew your mind. And you and I can do that. The Spirit of the Lord is the one that's going to help you and I. If you have a problem with your mind, with your thinking, with your understanding... The Holy Spirit can show you exactly in your specific case. Same way when you go to the doctor, not everybody's ailment is the same thing. Some are totally different than somebody else. Well, however individually and different we are, the Spirit of God knows exactly who we are and how to minister us and show us what we need. And we need to be transformed <clears throat> by the renewing of our mind. And our part is being willing. Our part is being open, taking a hold of his promises, his seed that he's given to us. And in those areas, we'll plant that seed, and that seed's going to produce after its kind. In this case, by our mind being renewed, <clears throat> coming into better understanding in relationship with him. <clears throat> so his purpose and destiny for our life is abundance. Now, it may sound strange to some here this evening, you just say, that just doesn't seem to fit. I don't really see I can grasp a hold of that. I don't know if I really believe that means me. Yes, it does. Did it mean you? 
when Jesus shed his life's blood for the remission of your sins? Absolutely it did. And one of the first times we heard about that, we might have had a hard time swallowing that as well. But that shows us how much God loves us and what Jesus did and gained for us. We'll see some more of that as we go on. <clears throat> All right, Mark, the 11th chapter. I'm going to keep moving here. Mark, this is also in the New Testament. Now imagine that. Mark chapter 11, and we'll look at verses 22 through 24. Our notes tell us that when you pray, believe you receive, and you shall have. That is faith in God's word. That's a demonstration of us having faith in God's word. When we pray, we believe we receive and you shall have. Mark 11.22, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Don't worry about having faith in yourself and have faith in your neighbor. That may happen. That'll be fine when it does. But have faith in God. That he is the one that knows. He always tells the truth. We must keep that in the forefront of the line also. All these things we read already, these scriptures, they, they sound maybe out of the way in abundance and provision and more than enough and all, but he always speaks the truth. That's what we want to see he's for us. Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. There's an awful lot there. <clears throat> he shall not doubt in his heart, but he shall believe. Well, he shall believe what? He's going to have to believe that the things which he saith shall come to pass. And that's going to help us train ourselves up. That's going to help us be transformed by the renewal of our minds. When we understand God wants us to believe that the things that we say will come to pass. That's why we better not be saying certain things. If you don't want that thing to come to pass, you and I need to cease saying that. Does God believe what he says come to pass? He never said anything that didn't come to pass. Did Jesus believe the things that he said come to pass? Absolutely. Every testimony we've got about it, everything we read there in redness is agreeing with that exact same thing. Well, we're made in his image and likeness in nature. He wants us to believe that the things that you say will come to pass. You're saying words. You are sowing seeds. And seeds produce after their kind. So we're to believe that the things that we say come to pass. <clears throat> shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, well that being the case, we might want to rethink this thing here. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, Believe that ye receive, and ye shall have. 
Luann, read that 24th verse, verse if you will, please. Mark 11.24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. So when we pray, what is it he wants us to do here? Wants us to believe what? Believe the things when you pray, believe that you receive them, and... Okay, now here's the tough question, Luann. I don't want to put you on the spot, but okay. seeing you read, we're going to have to give you the tough joints. All right, here we go. <laughs> verse 11, verse 24, it says, Believe that ye receive them. What do you suppose that word is? Receive. Receive. Lambango. Lam- <laughs> 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 I take it. It sounded like you said lambango. That's close enough. Lambano. L-A-M-B-A-N-O. Okay. Lambango. Oh, all the way I'm saying it. Guess what? He knows exactly what you're talking about. Quiet down there. Quiet down. Speaks every language. Believe that ye receive and ye shall have. Absolutely. Again, that is a seed that God sowed in this book that we call a Bible, and that seed produces after its kind, seven days a week. And it absolutely will in your life, and in my life, and everybody else's life. So if we don't want certain things to come to pass in our lives, we keep having ear to hear what we're saying, we might want to stop saying something. In fact, I'll tell you this way. You're going to have to stop saying some things that you've been saying in your life in order for this to fully come to pass in your life. Because seeds produce after their kind. And we cannot go talking, I can't stand that person. You see the way she looks at me in church? What in the world? <clears throat> you want to look in the mirror yourself, Harry. Just give them a break, whoever they are. Minister love, how the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. He didn't say crucify him or curse him. <clears throat> so in any area, though, I mean, you see, it could be an area of strife like that. It could be an area of finances. It could be whatever. But we want to be transformed by renewing of our mind, begin to learn, understand, speak. I want to be sowing the right seed for my life. Because even if I'm sowing bad seed, guess what? It's going to produce after its kind. You're going to have a harvest there. And there's many things that we don't want to be harvesting anymore. <clears throat> okay, moving right along. The Gospel according to John. Chapter 14. And starting with verse 12 in this context. Our note says, John 14, 12 to 16, believe on Jesus, ask in Jesus' name, Jesus will do in another comforter for us. And we're going to see all that as we read through these verses. John 14, 12 to 16. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, 
because I go unto my Father. If you've read some of the, I don't have the right word right now, but the daily emails that Pastor Tom sets out recently in the last two, three, four days, is speaking about things like this. That's exactly, we're born again, we have the Spirit of God within us, now Jesus needs and wants us to do something with that. Because why? Well, because you notice, he's not on planet Earth anymore. You and I are the body of Christ. If anything's going to get done on this earth, having to do with the kingdom of God, the way God wants it, look in the mirror, you're it. You and I are it, that's how it's going to happen. But it's going to happen by the Holy Ghost in us. He's equipped us to do this. Okay, keep reading here. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask. Would whatsoever incorporate the area of subject of finances or money or needs? Well, it certainly does fall under whatsoever, doesn't it? And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That phrase right there, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. You know what I call that one? Blank check. You know, if you were, well, I was going to say, if we were very well off financially, and it's somebody you trusted or knew, and they knew, needed something, you could say, I want to bless you with that. And so you sign your signature, you want your checks, and give it to them. Now, it may be the case you'd say, well, I don't know just what it's going to cost you, but keep that under a grand on this check, okay? Well, you can buy a few things with a grand. You may be in a position to say, just keep that under 10 grand, all right? In other words, that's what he's authorizing you to use then. Well, in this one, Jesus is given a totally blank check. His check in the counter, his bank account's very good. <laughs> Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's another one that causes us to think is those ears cross into our, I mean, is our ears hear these words and they cross into our mind or our cerebellum. Wait a minute, he said... If you shall ask anything in my name, how can he say I will do it? He didn't hear what I'm going to ask yet. I might try to break the bank. Well, you can't break his bank. Why could you not break God's bank? Because if you was to empty it, totally, you don't think he has the ability to resupply it? I mean, mainly this is the same one that all these planets out there and everything else and all the animal kingdom, all the people. You don't think he can handle it? Of course he can handle it. That's why he wants you and I to be transformed and renewing of our mind. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. That, that scripture right there, receive with meekness the engrafted word. You know what that word engrafted means? Implanted. Right back to the garden again. <clears throat> okay, moving right along here. Uh, uh, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father, 
And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The comforter, the Holy Ghost. Jesus knew. Do you suppose when Jesus was here in the natural for those approximately three and a half years that he was a comfort to those disciples who were having a hard time with a lot of things? Well, of course they were. He's transformed of being around him. He was a comfort to them in many, many, many situations. And he knows. <clears throat> he says, in verse 16, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Well, what another? You can't have another till you get the first one. Well, Jesus was the comforter that was here with them. And now we have the comforter with us all the time. And that's what we have to remember sometimes. Comfort is always there. We have a stressful day. Comfort is there. You have a great, peaceful day. Comfort is still there. He's always with us. Uh, Psalm 23. Oh, we're going back to that Old Testament again. He says, did we run out of stuff in the new? Not hardly. We'll be back. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, what? Want. Want means to lack, to fail, to decrease, to make lower. Well, we're not going to be decrease or lack or make lower. The word says... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And David was very accustomed being a shepherd his, himself of what that would mean. <clears throat> a psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Not lack, not fail, or not, de not decrease. Because the Lord is our shepherd. And you and I need to remain, remind ourselves of that. Be transformed in the renewal of our minds. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll always take care of us. <clears throat> okay, the notes below this part are going to be in reference to the little Kenneth Hagin book that we passed out in our series a while ago. <clears throat> Does everybody have that with them this evening? You do not have one. We'll, re we'll remedy that. We'll blame that on Jim, all right? I've got one. That I okay. Well, bring them. Find them and bring them, because we're going to, our next two sessions, we'll probably be dealing more. Does anybody else here not have theirs with them this evening? Okay. Guess what? We're going to be harvest on that, so. Hallelujah. Points one, two, and three below are from the mini book you have. What's that word, Sarah? Oh, thank you very much. I got seven minutes, folks. Seven, very good. L A M B A N O. Are from the mini book you have received by Kenneth E. Hagen on prosperity. It's a longer title than that, but you notice that was the last, last room on that line, so. <clears throat> 
And we're just going to go over these briefly tonight to touch on our memories or whatever along this line. But this is, I suggest you read this book. You will not be able to get it all at once, folks. And this was a revelation that the Spirit of God brought to Brother Hagin when he was in a, a very rough situation. It was back in 1949 when he went on what they call then field ministry. Be out traveling around, going to churches, holding meetings and all. Prior to that, he was a, pap- a Baptist. And he had things pretty good in that Baptist church. But he felt the Spirit of God calling him out to go do this, so he did that. <clears throat> and he got way behind on his bills. He had a car that he had to end up selling for junk. He didn't eat well. His family didn't eat well. His kids weren't taken care of properly. And he, he knew all that. And that was becoming a load on him. And so, <clears throat> hence, that was the origin of this book that he wrote in later years. <clears throat> Uh, but it says, the first point is to say, I claim whatever it is you want to need. And you're going to see, this is a brief note I'm writing out here, but we're going to see the point. In fact, it wanted to go, if you want to turn to that, we can probably see that real quick. I have an old book. This is what it used to look like years ago when it was produced in 1985. And my problem is it's falling apart on me. So all my nice yellow and red and highlight and blue and everything else, I need to do it in this book now because I can't trust that one from falling apart. But you know what? I might go to that one for right now because I can hold it together. <clears throat> uh, actually, let me get down through this because I'll get caught up reading this book and we'll be running out of T-I-M-E. <clears throat> Claim whatever it is you need. This is one of the instructions that God gave him. And he said, what in the world are you talking about? I never heard about that before. In other words, claim means to lay hold of, right? If you claim something, you want that to be yours. You plan on taking possession of it. And so he told him, whatever it is that you need, desire, want, you claim that in the name of Jesus. Second point was, notice, notice now all three of these, the first word here in my notes is say. Is something you are going to have to say. Because we sow seeds with our mouth. We give directions with our mouth. As Tom was talking probably a week or two ago or whatever, or in the email either way, I forget where it may have come from, but he was talking about how we can speak to the adversary, the devil. When people have a problem with demonic activity in their life or something like that, we're going to have to say something. Or we ain't going to bring up the Reader's Digest that week. Then what you're going to bring up on what the Word of God tells us about how Jesus dealt with demons and how the Holy Ghost inside of us is going to lead us to deal with these things. We have authority over them. We have dominion over them. And so we need to say something. Well, here, point two, the second say, say, Satan, take your hand off of my finances. You say, well, he ain't going to want to listen to me. Well, he may not. But there's this individual named Jesus. That would be Jesus. He's already put him in his place. And you are now the body of Christ on planet Earth. So you take what Jesus said and put it in your mouth and seeing you are the body of Christ, he's going to have to listen to you. 
the same way he listened to Jesus because that is Jesus talking now. You are the body of Christ. Satan, take your hands off my finances, my money. And the third say, you say, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. And I had the blessed opportunity to go to Ramah Bible Training Center one time. Uh, and I tell you, <laughs> Brother Hagen was a dream to listen to. He could carry on with more stories or whatever, <clears throat> but you knew. I mean, you would get what he was sharing in that meeting. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was there to take care of everybody. I mean, there was, I forget how many in our class. I want to say, you know, first-year students at that time. I think it was like 13 or 1,400 of us. And, uh, you know, that's 13 or 1,400 people that could, you know, are they hearing the same thing I'm hearing? Are they thinking the same thing I'm thinking? Don't be concerned about them. You just need to get what you need to get. And you'll be getting plenty because, you know, he's up there preaching. Well, same thing happens here. I get this, I, I can scribble on paper a whole lot quicker. The question is, can I read it later? But now I have the iPad. Well, I'm not even done making this note. Tom's going on another reference. I can put a quick word down, go to the next one so I can get that one. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know what it's like. <laughs> All right, how did I get off on that? So, uh, well, let's go on for right now. Forget it. <clears throat> let's, uh, that'd be all right. Go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. And when, yeah, when when the. The Spirit of God was speaking this to Brother Hagin when this initially happened. Brother Hagin told him, he says, well, I think, <clears throat> when it says, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come, he says, well, you, you mentioned it about wants and needs, he says. I, I think, I don't think he really cares about our wants. He might care about our needs. He doesn't care about what he wants. And so he took him a couple of references. Or no, it specifically says wants. And then... He says, in that reference to this one, he says, I think it says he, he'll minister to them. I don't think it'll say he minister for him. Now, can you imagine this is Kenneth Hagin having a conversation with Jesus as he's revealing something to him. He says, no. He was 114. He says he'll minister for them. And so that opened his eye a little bit more. <clears throat> but how can I abbreviate this? The reason why we're going to be going through this book is I think it's a I think it's a time frame issue, if I can say it that way. God is ready for us to operate in the kingdom of God. We need to exercise our authority over the adversary to receive the word, mull over the word. Like Pastor says, if we come and then don't take a note or don't get a tape or don't have some recording device in the only thing you ever got would have been in that one session and you don't have an opportunity to renew it. You're not giving the Spirit of God that much to work with in your own life so that He can reveal things to you and make it, a, make it appropriate and fitting in your life whatever it is that you're going through right now. In this case, having to do with finances. I would say we all could use more finances. Guess what? God uses this word uh, abundance. And until we hear way over much, you can say, ho, 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 back off a little bit. What do you want me to back off of? If you want me to back off, I'll back off. But abundance. 
If you're full and get everything you need, you could still use that abundance for somebody else, couldn't you? Certainly there's people in this community that need more. And it wouldn't be just dumping a boatload of money on them because they probably wouldn't know how to handle it. But you can get them into the kingdom of God and the Spirit of God and then we'll show them how to handle it. And then you can teach them line upon line. <clears throat> okay, let's get on and read the last of the notes here. Your agreement and action with the Word of God conceived in your heart, formed by your tongue, and spoken out of your mouth is creative power. It is, thank you, is seed sown. Your agreement and action with the Word of God. Now, when we hear the Word of God, certainly we've got to be able to agree with it. Then we have to go a step after that. We have to have some action with it. We've got to apply it to our life, whatever area it's needed to be in. Your agreement and action with the Word of God. Conceived in your heart, right here in your inner man's where we was talking about initially right there. Formed by your tongue, because there's something that you're going to say, and spoken out of your mouth is creative power. It is seed sown. Your future is in your seed sown. You say, I don't, you don't understand all of us here personally this evening, Patrick. Are you correct? I don't. But I know this. Your future is in the seed that you sow, good or bad. God only gives us good seed. That's what we should be using. And the note on the bottom, esword.net. Esword is a Bible program that I happen to use. I would just suggest to you it's a tremendous Bible program. The cost is real reasonable. It's 0.00, otherwise spelled F-R-E-E. And it does fantastic things. And so that address you see right there, that those lowercase letters, esword.net. You can type that into your computer or you can type it into your smartphone or something like that. I think you'd be better off starting on the computer. But they have this esword.net. And believe me, when you get a nice big screen monitor and you bring this thing up, you'll be flooded trying to get away just one study. You've got umpteen verses here, other things over here, things down here, things down here. And any words you want, you can click on and get the meaning in however many different translations you want. And so it's just absolutely fantastic, and it's free. But he does this. He's been at it for years. The fellow that developed this software, he's, he's had several upgrades over the years. And he says that's what he believes the Spirit of God wanted him to do, make it available to anybody. If they want to sow an offering into your life, you'll find some place on his website there where you could do that if you want. Well, I've done that many times over the years, only because all the times I use it is just phenomenal what he keeps adding to that program. So I would suggest you're going to find very advantageous to your study time and, and seeing a lot of things. So, <clears throat> And if you wanted to see anything about it afterwards, I wouldn't mind being here a few minutes and show you a little bit what it looks like. But let's pray. Father, I thank you for our time together. <clears throat> I thank you that the Holy Spirit inside of each and every one of us this evening, he absolutely will take the things of yours and as he has revealed them unto us, we yield ourselves to you and your kingdom. And we say, thy kingdom come.
Thy will be done in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.